who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about Theodore Roosevelt. So grab your cigar and black coffee. And let's get civical. Hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. So glad. And I am Arden Walentowski. So glad. And today we're doing an episode that I I distinctly remember in like our third ever episode. I talked about wanting to do <laughs> an entire episode to dedicate it to this person and now on episode 141 <laughs> we have finally manifested it into fruition <laughs> it only took us a couple years it took us, it a, couple took us a couple years, years. It's but don't you remember don't, i like i feel like i was saying it yes. so often that i wanted to do a teddy yes. Roosevelt episode yes you love him i love him i literally my my phone background is a picture of teddy roosevelt oh, what it's blurry Hold on. Show it. Riding a moose. 
<laughs> across a river. Oh my god, that's so crazy! <laughs> it's, that's been my phone background for the longest time. It's just a picture of him riding a moose across the river. So we'll post that picture uh, oh so my everybody god. can enjoy. That's Because amazing. that's just the type of thing that he did back in the day. Oh my god. We don't deserve him. We don't deserve him. We don't him deserve him. And we all don't deserve him. I feel such a kinship to Teddy Roosevelt, um, specifically because... This is, I think, I think I've told this fun fact probably eight times on this show. So everybody get over it. But how he was so stressed about losing his glasses that he had them sewn into his uniform when he was like a rough rider. I remember that fun well. fact because he couldn't see well. Aww. And I can't see well. I know. So you see the similarities. I, I guarantee you that were Teddy Roosevelt to get on a plane, it would for sure be delayed or canceled absolutely absolutely (laughs) (laughs) trauma (laughs) but yeah today we are talking about one of my favorite people in history theodore roosevelt and we're talking about it because it's his birthday coming up so we thought why not wish theodore a happy happy birthday by doing an entire episode about him yep we haven't – I don't think we've done any other, like, presidential I don't biopics. think so. I was trying to think if we did one on, on GW, but I don't think we've done – No. I don't think we've done any. Yeah. No, we just talk about him all the time. This entire podcast is a biopic to George Washington. <laughs> Literally, almost every episode, I feel like we say something. Yeah. Because especially when we were doing all of, like, when we do, like, the founding – or like the early day episodes. Oh yeah. You know, that's I mean Yeah. Even the episode like, about the Capitol, we talked about George Washington because oh the Capitol was, was all over that thing. He was all over that thing. Yeah. Originally yeah. New York. I think listeners, if you want to hear a biopic biopic about any of our presidents, let us know. This yeah. could be the first of many. There are currently forty six. How <laughs> many presidents have there been? <laughs> 46 right yeah 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 yeah. 46 and I feel like some of them I would really love to do because I know nothing about them oh for sure Martin Van Buren who is he who are you who is he what did you do of the United States yeah yeah uh and some of them I'm like I don't really like it just seems like a big task like Mm. to do like an FDR oh god right like I mean it would have it would literally have to be like such an over i mean it's the same with george washington right where it has to be like such an overview episode because there's just too much yeah to try to yeah. do everything that fdr did in a single episode which is why i think we just talk about <laughs> all of his like programs and yeah, individual yeah. episodes yeah. but i think like a a personal life biopic biopic oh would be that would be fun i would get also, down with eleanor that. yes yes would be queen. worth doing a full up on her a hundred percent hundred percent. So all that to say, everybody, the sky is the limit. And by that, I mean, the 46 is the limit of biopic <laughs> biopics we could do on presidents. Actually, no, because some people were twice. So it's even less. It's even less. But also we could add in the wives, the significant first others. Ladies, and then that, yeah. The first ladies. That gets us there. Yeah, I would totally absolutely. do. I would do like a ladybird episode. Sure. Sure. I, yeah. I mean... Abigail Adams, go off, honey. 
Get your Go time. Off. Mary Get Todd your Lincoln. Time in this end. Oh, yes. Potentially crazy. We're not sure. History's not been ta- kind to Mary Todd. <laughs> no. Oh my God. Oh, I kind of want to know that story. We should do that. Great. I love yeah. it. But yeah. with that said, today is all about Teddy Roosevelt. So sit back, relax, and Arden, tell us what the sources are today. The sources today are coming from the Constitution Center. Mm. history.com obviously whitehouse.gov sure and because it's teddy roosevelt the national park service obviously and the north uh north dakota i think it's i think i don't know if this is like a department or just a website but it's uh ndtourism.com so like north dakota tourism sure i mean a bump in industry for north dakota Uh uh-huh 100 percent their only industry. <laughs> Their only industry is tourism. Shout out to yeah. North Dakota. You don't get enough kudos for being you. For being you. So let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start, to start with Teddy Roosevelt's early years. So as I said before, Teddy Roosevelt was born on October 27th, 1858 to Theodore Roosevelt Sr., and Martha Bullock Roosevelt, and they were a wealthy family in New York City. Uh, love to see it. Love to I think see you it. can, love like, visit his birth brownstone. It's, like, somewhere in Manhattan. It is. It is. And I forget where it is, but I feel like I've passed it in my 17 years here a couple times and been like, yeah. oh, interesting. Okay. There she is. There she is. There she is. Known as T.D., T-E-D-D-I-E, Later, Teddy, he was frail and sickly as a boy, mm-hmm. and he suffered from severe asthma. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. He was, not, he was not a well child. Yeah. And to be fair, this is the mid-1800s. Everybody is sick and frail. Oh, yeah. Nobody is of robust health. No. In attempts to relieve his suffering, his parents provided young Teddy with the best treatments available, including giving him cigar smoke to inhale, black coffee to drink, and racing him down the New York City streets in the family buggy to force air into his lungs. I I just... I love it. I love it. There's not a thing about that sentence that I don't love. Cigar smoke for a child? Absolutely. Black coffee? Absolutely. Correct. Put him in that buggy and race him. I love this idea that they're like, it'll get in there. It'll get. Yeah, it'll get in there. Just open your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) He just needs more wind in his in his mouth. Didn't they have swings? I feel like that would have been the easier way than like riding him. (laughs) It's not fast enough. (laughs) I mean, you have to understand that like. Medicine is a really recent thing. <laughs> Seriously, this is what they were doing. Yeah. Oh and my I don't God. blame them. I'm like, sure, no. that makes sense. You don't know sure. much about the lungs. You know, there's supposed to be air in them. So open up. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> I wonder what the, like, what the cigar smoke, what they thought it was doing. If they thought it was, like, making its, its lungs like, bigger. Oh, because oh. if he has asthma, maybe they thought that it would like soothe his coughing or something. Oh, sure, I don't yeah. know. I'm not a cigar <laughs> smoker myself. 
I am so had... I'm not sure. Not sure what the fringe benefits are. You know, I've I I had a cigarette or a, a cigar this summer. Oh, I mean, like I didn't. Do, I mean, to have a whole one is like I felt like it's I might lot. die. It's a yeah. lot. So I like tr- I tried somebody's, and I was like, I don't understand like why this is a thing. Like, yeah. yes, you can kind of taste the different flavors, but I was like, I'm gonna be sick, and like, yeah, I, it was not. It's a long. It's a long process. Yeah, you really have to like work up to a full cigar. Yeah, and it's not like a. I mean, you do kind of hold it. You don't like inhale it like a cigarette. You kind of hold it and then let it go. So maybe they thought like the holding of it would like mm. expand his lungs. I don't know. I'm really grasping at straws. But like, I don't know. We're grasping. No, no, no. Interesting. So he's doing, he's inhaling cigar smoke. He's drinking black coffee. He's living his best life. He also, as a teenager, Followed a program of gymnastics and weightlifting to build up his strength. Go off, Teddy. Go off. Gymnastics? Hell yeah. Yeah. Roosevelt traveled wildly throughout his life. Not only did he travel extensively throughout the U.S., he would also take a family grand tour trip to Europe and a family trip down the Nile River before his 14th birthday. So these are like mega wealthy people. Yeah, these are if like... If you're traveling down the Nile, honey, you wealthy. <laughs> you wealthy. You got that good You wealthy. Mm-mm. Later in life, Teddy Roosevelt would become the first president to leave the country when he visited the Panama Canal. I remember this fact. Where, like yeah. no other president had ever left the country. Right. And you're Isn't, like, that crazy? Isn't that crazy? But also like, weren't we... Like, going in the early days, again, to bring it back to George, weren't we going back and forth? Maybe that they hadn't, as president, It's while they were president, president they didn't left. travel. Got but it, yeah, like, it, Thomas it. Jefferson was in France for the majority yeah. of the Revolutionary War. Right. But when he was president, he didn't leave the country. Right. Got it. First so I think that's the president. point. That's the point. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yes, I do that recall is the that point. Mm-hmm. So, moving on to his adult years... Upon graduating from Harvard College in 1880, Teddy Roosevelt married Alice Hathaway Lee and entered Columbia University Law School, though he dropped out only after one year to enter public service. Uh, You and Teddy are, like, from the same alma mater. Same. We are simpatico. Yeah. Together, you and I make a Teddy Roosevelt. It's true. It's true. I love Your passion for him... My same alma mater. It's like we're Teddy together. We are channeling him right now. Yeah. Teddy was elected to the New York State Assembly at the age of 23. (laughs) I just... I was literally having, like, weekly Taco Bells at the Union Square Taco Bell at the age of 23. Like, (laughs) I was not being elected to the New York State Assembly at 23, that's for sure. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That's hysterical. Yeah. I was probably just trying to get home on a Saturday night at like 4 a.m. Yeah. When I was 23. I mean, it's amazing I'm alive. And he was elected to New York City Assembly. And he served two terms there from uh, 1882 to 84. Both his wife and his mother died on the same day in 1884. I mean, could you? I can't. Oof. 
I know that's rough. And he then spent the next two years on a ranch that he owned in the badlands of the Dakota territory where he hunted big game, drove cattle and worked as a frontier sheriff. Sure. Sure. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like a tragedy that massive. It's like whatever you do to cope with that. I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You go, you go be a frontier sheriff. Yeah. You go to the Badlands, like, what What am I going to say? That's what, what am I going to say? No. Right. It's like, what am I going to say? Crazy. Go run up and down the sidewalk? Get the air in your lungs? No. Yeah. Go to the Badlands. Upon returning to New York, he married his childhood sweetheart, Edith Kermit Caro. The couple would raise six children together, including Roosevelt's daughter from his first marriage. Okay. A little bit of a happy ending. A little bit of a happy ending. He finds a new wife and has lots of children. In 1886, Roosevelt ran unsuccessfully for mayor of New York City. Sure. It's a hard hard gig to get, even back then. Yeah. In 1895, Roosevelt became the president of the New York City Board of Police Commissioners. And in 1897, William McKinley named him as Assistant Secretary of the U.S. Navy. Interesting positions. I know. I mean, like, I get get it, but it's also, it's such a weird jump. To go from, like, a mayoral run, and then he's like, you know what? I'm going to actually head up the police. (laughs) Right, right, right. Do that for a little bit. And then McKinley's like, have you heard of the Navy? (laughs) Think you would love it. (laughs) Think you would love it. Can I interest you in the secretary position? A secretarial position at the U.S. Right. Right. Coming from, like, the New York City, like, the commissioner of the board of police. Like, I don't understand how that translates, but great. He did it. Love to see it. Love to see it. Upon the outbreak of the Spanish-American War in 1898, Roosevelt left his post as Naval Secretary to become Colonel of the 1st U.S. Volunteer Cavalry, known as the Rough Riders. Woo! <laughs> fun, fun story for me about the Rough Riders. So in San Antonio, Texas, there is a hotel and there is attached to the hotel, like it's an old, old hotel and there's a little bar that Teddy Roosevelt and the Rough Riders used to drink what? at. And you can still, so they have like, I think a uniform of his there, but you also can still see the bullet holes because they used to just like, you know, shoot at the ceiling. Oh my um, God, that's amazing. I know. So it's also a haunted hotel. So it has sort of a little bit of everything for everybody. Oh but yeah, I've seen, I've seen where Teddy Roosevelt potentially shot at the wall. I, oh, I want to go there. I want to go there. Everybody go to San Antonio. Great city. Love. So let's talk about the road to the presidency, because right now we are a rough rider, and somehow we're going to get from point A to point presidency. So let's figure (laughs) out how we get there. Point presidency. The Republican political machine in New York threw their considerable support behind the returning war hero, helping Roosevelt defeat a popular Democratic candidate to win the governorship. Once elected, Roosevelt displayed his characteristic independence and unwillingness to buckle under the pressure of the party bosses. So he's running for governor of New York. Republicans throw their support behind him. He becomes governor of New York. And then he's like, I'm not going to listen to you guys. Yeah. Sorry. I'm Teddy frickin' Roosevelt. In 1900, the leading New York Republican Thomas C. Platt conspired with the National Party boss Mark Hanna to get Roosevelt named as McKinley's running mate in order to keep him from running for a second term in the governor's office. Like, New York always been shady. We are shady as shit. And oh. nobody, anybody who tries to, to say otherwise is lying. Yeah. But we're shady shady. 
but I just love that they're like, we can't stand him. Let's send him to Washington. <laughs> yeah. Let's get him out of our state. Let's make him vice president of the United States. Vice president of the United States. So funny. Roosevelt campaigned vigorously for McKinley, traveling by train for more than 21,000 miles to speak in 24 states. And McKinley and Roosevelt won in a landslide over Democrats William Jennings Bryan and Adlai E. Stevenson. So as we all know, McKinley did become president and Teddy Roosevelt did become vice president. Yeah. Then, of course, and we have an entire yummy, yummy episode on this event, um, on this full event. On September 6, 1901, a deranged anarchist named Leon Cholgosh shot McKinley at the Pan-American Exposition in Buffalo, New York. McKinley died eight days later, and Teddy Roosevelt was sworn in as the 26th president. Only 42 years old when he took office, he was the youngest president in the nation's history, and his youth and vigor immediately transformed the public image of the presidency. From the time of his first annual message to Congress in December of 1901, Roosevelt expressed the progressive belief that government should mediate between conflicting forces in order to stabilize the American society. So... What a unique rise to the presidency. So bizarre. It's bizarre, first of all, how he became vice president. Yeah. And then, of course, obviously, it's always shocking when a president is assassinated. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Literally crazy. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at bufferingcast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so now he's president. Teddy, President Teddy. And so we're going to talk a little bit about just his policy ideals. We all kind of know his like big thing was the forests, the national, preserving the national like parklands for the American people. Yeah. There's some other things too. So this is all coming from whitehouse.gov and the National Park Service. As president, Roosevelt held the ideal that the government should be the great arbiter of the conflicting economic forces in the nation especially between capital and labor, guaranteeing justice to each and dispensing favors to no one. So he's like, we shouldn't have these like big corporations and like these little people who are like doing all of the work, these big corporations. Yeah. And disproportionate and like getting proportionally like unequal representation in comparison to like the companies that they're working for. Right. He would hate what's going on today you would hate it so much so much so much roosevelt emerged spectacularly thank you lighthouse.gov for your (laughs) flowery language (laughs) he emerged spectacularly as a trust buster by forcing the dissolution of a great railroad combination in the northwest other antitrust suits 
under the Sherman Act followed. So he's breaking, breaking up, up these big companies. You don't want that. Breaking up the monopolies. They don't uh-huh. like him. They don't like him. Mm-hmm. Roosevelt steered the United States more actively into world politics. He liked to quote a favorite proverb, speak softly and carry a big stick. So hey. he's like, hey, oh, he's like the original kind of diplomat, you know, not yeah. making wars, but like having discussions and talking and being amicable and compromising and all of that. Yep. Just talking at a very, you know, balanced volume. Yeah. It's like when it's like when I knew I really messed up and my mom would just look at me and say, have you lost your damn mind? <laughs> and the the calmness of her tone yeah. was always extremely unsettling. Mm, yes. Oh, yes. If my mother like the worst was when my mother didn't even speak. She just mm. looked at me. <laughs> and I was like. Okay. Oh my god, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna, I'm die, going tonight. to die I'm going to die tonight. I'll send myself <laughs> to my own room. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Aware of the strategic need for a shortcut between the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans, Roosevelt ensured the construction of the Panama Canal. Some of Theodore Roosevelt's most effective achievements were in conservation. He added enormously to the national forests in the West, reserved lands for public use, and fostered great irrigation projects. Yes, because... Yes. We need it. We love to see it. We love to see it. Get the land watered. All great. The um, um, uh, Natural History Museum here in New York City has a really great, I mean, it's all, like, it's all dedicated to Teddy Roosevelt, obviously, but there's like a little section where you can like see his journals and see like mm. things that he did when he like was scoping out the natural resources, etc. I love so that. So if you're in town, I love the Natural History Museum. I do love it. It's an amazing museum because they, I love, it's got like all these different sections. So like you can Mm -hmm. find something that interests you. Like if you're into Teddy Roosevelt, great. If you like space, they got it. You want to see the dinosaurs? How about it? Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. They got marine life too. They got marine life. Yep. Mm -hmm. And of course the hall of gems. Oh yeah. 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 So good. So much cool stuff. Back to the notes. So memories of hunting and ranching in the badlands of the Dakota Territory greatly influenced President Theodore Roosevelt's conservation ethic. So after his wife and mother had died and he went out to the Dakotas, he had a grand old time and mm-hmm. he wanted to preserve that type of land and that feeling for all for America, for Americans. At a time when technological advances, booming industries and growing human demand threatened destruction of vast stretches of the North American landscape, Roosevelt enacted policy to conserve natural resources and designated more than 230 million acres of public lands for enjoyment by all Americans. And thank you. Thank God. Like literally what if he had not done that? We literally, literally have no parks. national parks because of this one human no. who, who made it policy. Yes. So let's talk about post-presidency because obviously he was not president forever As the 1908 election approached, Roosevelt prepared grudgingly to fulfill the campaign pledge he had made in 1904 not to seek another term and threw his support behind Secretary of War William Howard Taft, who I also think is worth doing a full biopic about because pre-presidency Secretary of War 
then he was president, then he was chief justice of the Supreme Court. I we gotta do Crazy. it. We gotta do it. Immediately after leaving office in early 1909, Roosevelt left for a 10-month African safari and a tour of Europe where he enjoyed international acclaim. So he goes on tour. <laughs> he goes on tour. He does he a post-presidency tour. tour. Mm-hmm. Exactly what everybody wanted Obama to do, and Obama went golfing. He went golfing. As You know what? Whatever. Once you're yeah. post-presidency, live your life, honey. Live your life. Upon his return, Roosevelt found that President Taft had failed to follow through on the promised program of progressive reforms, instead siding with the more conservative wing of the Republican Party. So Teddy pissed. Yeah, he, he mad. pissed. He's so mad. Incensed, Roosevelt campaigned against Taft for the Republican nomination in 1912. When that effort failed, he and his supporters bolted to form the Progressive the Progressive Party, popularly known as the Bull Moose Party. It's known for that because Roosevelt had once referred to himself in a letter as being, quote, as strong as a bull moose. <laughs> so humble. So it's humble. It's his little Patronus. The, I the love bull moose. it. It's his little Patronus. Oh. While campaigning in Milwaukee, Roosevelt was shot in the chest by a fanatic, but soon recovered. <sighs> this is the worst. I know. I know. No, I have I'm to so, read. I'm so sorry. It is, it is cosmically hilarious that my worst enemy came about because of my one of my favorite presidents. Yeah. With the Republican Party split, Democrat... Woodrow Wilson took the White House, winning 435 electoral votes to Roosevelt's 88. Taft, interestingly enough, only received eight. So Teddy ultimately was more popular than Taft. Yeah. But because they split, it created a vacuum in which Woodrow Wilson stepped into the fold. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest, as they say is history. So this is where I'm like, dang it, Teddy. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. No, 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 you you do. (laughs) No, 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 no. Yeah, pretty, pretty tough because we are such a two-party system and we were even back then. Yeah. That to split one of the major two parties, I would guess even today would lead to the other party being more victorious. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that he that he still would have won even if like Taft hadn't ran because that's you're you're he's still I mean the total there is still only ninety six votes to four hundred and thirty five. Yeah. But-, but I also think that like <laughs> because they were split, it yeah it, people who I, I think if I had to guess if I had to put on my you know nineteen twelve hat oh yeah. I would say if I was even remotely moderate, I'd be like, this is a damn mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna for go sure. I'm gonna go vote for this dude over here. He seems right. harmless enough. Mistake. Or I'm not gonna vote at all. I'm just or I'm not home. gonna vote at all. So I I think had Teddy been the proper or even William Taft, right? Had been yeah. the sole nominee that they would have yep. gotten Certainly more than 96 votes, but I think the infighting probably looked bad on both of them. It's so funny how that has not changed. It has not changed. 
So funny. And yet we continue <laughs> to do that. <laughs> Here we are over a hundred years later and it's not changed. <laughs> not changed at all. So now we're going to sadly talk about Teddy Roosevelt's death, his passing. Yeah. Politically and physically active until the end, Roosevelt died of a pulmonary embolism in his sleep on January 6th, 1919 at his family home in Oyster Bay, New York at the age of 60. 60. So young. So young. I, it's, it's 19. Honestly, it's 1919. All it's true. <laughs> it's true. Oh, my God. He is buried in Young's Memorial Cemetery in Oyster Bay Cove. Teddy is remembered for his contributions to the conservation movement in the United States, which we mentioned True. before. And yeah, I would say aside from Night of the Museum, that is what most Americans like know and remember him for. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the Bull Moose Party. I remember learning oh, that's that true. early yeah. on because yeah. it was so, I mean, I know we did this in the early foundings where they would kind of switch party names or whatever, but there was usually just the two parties. Yeah. And he was, I think, I think his thing of breaking off and just forming his own party yeah. as like an individual was very unique. I agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about my favorite thing in the world with my favorite person. Fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts about Theodore Roosevelt. So fun fact number one. As a child... Roosevelt witnessed the Abraham Lincoln funeral procession. There is a photo of the young Roosevelt perched in a window watching the procession in New York City in April of 1865. Young Teddy Roosevelt and his brother were at his grandfather's mansion. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> sure, like on for that. It's like the, you know, the original Macy's Day Parade. <laughs> so that's that. But it is interesting because, you know. Yeah. I think of, I think of... Abraham Lincoln is like Old. way back in history yeah, yeah, and yeah, Teddy yeah. Roosevelt much more closer to me, right. to me in history, which like, obviously that's how time works, but you know what I mean? Like the I Civil I War never... seems like a time I can't recognize, whereas Teddy yeah. Roosevelt, I'm like, okay, I can like recognize some elements yeah. about that time versus now. Agreed. But they weren't that far apart, which is, no. you know, it's wild. Yeah. Time is crazy. That's what I'm saying. It's all relative, as Einstein would say. Next fun fact. The fact that they share a last name isn't a coincidence because mm. Theodore Roosevelt and Franklin Roosevelt were fifth cousins. Eleanor Roosevelt was Theodore's niece. And Uncle Theodore presented the bride at Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt's wedding. Isn't that crazy? That's so nuts. Because again, in my mind, they never met. Or like Teddy was yeah. dead before FDR was conscious. Yeah. Which is not the case at all. No. I don't know why. No. I just always thought that, that it was just like they were, you know, his great, 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 great uh, uncle or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the relationships were a little too close for comfort for me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Roosevelt was blind in one eye after a boxing injury in the White House. The president continued with his hobby of boxing well into his presidency. He suffered a detached retina in about in 1908, and he stopped fighting altogether. He just switched to jujitsu instead. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, I can't box. I'll all do right, jujitsu. Right. I'll do jujitsu. Yeah, fine. Which is like, hell yeah, do jujitsu. Yeah. He brought jujitsu to the White House. That's amazing. That's amazing. This one, 
It's one that I've this been is curious for you. about. This is totally your own note for I, yourself. <laughs> but it like is much more sad. It's much sadder than I, I wanted oh, it to be. It's so sad, this story. I was like, oh, great, the teddy bear. It's not fun. Okay. So what is the deal with the teddy bear? Because they are named after Theodore Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. While on a hunting trip as president, guides in Mississippi had arranged for Roosevelt to shoot an old bear that they had tied to a tree. Oh, my God. I already just want to cry. Why would yeah, you do that? Yeah, they couldn't that? just let him run free and like hunt I like know. normal people. He's old. Why do you have to tie it to a tree? Yeah. Mm. Roosevelt refused to shoot the bear on sporting grounds because it was probably too easy to get. Like, right. It's too easy I'm to like, shoot tied to a tree. I can so shoot Roosevelt him while he's running. So. Right. <laughs> Instead, he had someone else shoot the bear. Great. Oh God. Daddy. <laughs> The first part of the incident became a newspaper cartoon, which then inspired a shopkeeper to sell stuffed bears with Roosevelt's permission, which is how we got teddy Teddy bears, bears. which is the most like, it's the saddest, like most grotesque story. Yeah. You wanted it to be, you wanted it to be a little more like, oh, he was such a conservationist and he didn't want to harm animals. And in actuality, he was like, I want to harm them, but make it harder. Right. I have to earn my ability I to earn it. kill them. I want to earn it. Yeah. Okay. And we couldn't end on that morbid, horrible, no, God, no. <laughs> sad fact. So the last fun fact is that the Theodore Roosevelt National Park is located in no other state than in North Dakota, his beloved yeah. North Dakota. It is 70,000 acres, has herds of buffalo, majestic wild horses, and a landscape that will take your breath away. Thank you for <laughs> that, North Dakota tourism. Hell yeah. And it was, it was established on November 10th, 1978. Which is a little later than I would it's have guessed. It's a little guessed. later than, I know. Because I feel like this would be the first thing that you would do to honor Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. And this is, what, 60, 50 years after his pet? When did he die? <laughs> 1912, <laughs> 1918? Something like that? 1919. It's a long time. <laughs> yep. After he after he died, you think this would be yeah. like, all right, ten year anniversary. Let's give Teddy a park. Right, right. But you know, nobody asked me at the time. It's really a shame. Somebody should. Rude. It's rude. But that is our episode on Teddy Roosevelt. I am just <gasps> so happy, so happy that we finally did it. We finally manifested a full episode on the Theodore Roosevelt himself. So, so good. So good. And like I said at the top, if there are other presidents that you want to hear about or other biopics, first ladies, etc., please DM us and or email us at hello at letsgetcivical.com. But in the meantime, we love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can always rate us, you can always review us, and you can always subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.